This isn't for your eyes. Welcome to the latest and most definitely greatest episode of the Groovy Ghoulies podcast. As always, I am your host, Mr. Reese Griffiths, and as always, I am joined by Mr. David White. Hello. Uh, yes, welcome back. It's been a while. We've been busy. It has been a while. We've got <laughs> stuff to do, lives. This is all free, so don't bust our balls too much. <laughs> Are you saying to the, to the listener, fuck you, we'll just do what we want? <laughs> yeah, <pretty much. laughs> <laughs> in the nicest possible, yeah, yeah, yeah. possible way yeah. now obviously as I'm sure you can appreciate uh, the pair of us have got full time jobs and small children yeah. so it, it's, it's one of those things we try and get together when we can yeah. and uh, we appreciate you sticking by us and listening <laughs> if you're new to the show hello <laughs> We're yeah, really consistent with our delivery yeah. of material. We honest. are very professional yeah. and we keep to a regular content schedule. Exactly. Yeah. This whole Clive Barker season that was supposed to be over <laughs> within six weeks that's packed out for best part of the year. Part of year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even moved off the Hellraiser franchise. We've just stuck to Hellraiser. Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we originally started discussing it, we sort of come together at the start of the year and it was like, okay, we need to like get a bit of format to the show we yeah. need to sort of try and plan some stuff out and say okay we'll do Clive Barker season we'll discuss the Hellraiser movies Candyman Nightbreed we'll go through all these films mm. and we'll record like every other week and we'll do this and we'll do that we'll get all this stuff done and here we are in October still <laughs> talking like about Hellraiser, Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to wrap it up in this episode though this is the last Hellraiser episode we are discussing the last two Hellraiser movies Hellraiser Revelations and Hellraiser Judgment um, on a personal level it's been fun it yeah. hasn't been as bad as I thought it well, was going to be as like a, a self-professed fan of the Hellraiser franchise I would not seen all of them because I knew some of them were absolute Pretty gash <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm glad that I've seen all of them because now I know that some of them are definitely absolute <laughs> gash know <laughs> which ones to avoid exactly yeah, future yeah. reference yeah, totally. forever yeah. Um, yeah so before we get into that obviously we've had a significant sort of delay between we last did some chatty bitches stuff and mm. talked some absolute nonsense yeah so hey dave what have you been up to in the last couple hey, of months Griff. what have i been up to in the last couple of months that is a very good question um i have been <laughs> going to work coming home watching some tv going to sleep rinse repeat exactly for the last couple of months <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally no um 
I checked out the latest Mindhunter. Ah, yes. Yeah, you watched that one? I did. I finally... We were we were sort of watching House on Haunted Hill and it was taking us ages to get through it. Yeah. But we actually managed to smash out Mindhunter in a matter of like two weeks. Oh, nice. Which was incredible. Yeah. It was taking us about six months to watch House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Well, I, I loved House on Haunted Hill. I don't think we've discussed that one yet. Have we? Well, I had discussed it, but you had you had. Yeah, I hadn't got around to watching it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah. Um, I don't think it. I think I fell. I was expecting more because of all the hype. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same with Sarah, the wife. We were watching it, and she was like, "Oh, aren't people like being sick from watching this?" And like, are they freaking out and stuff? And yeah. I was like, "Oh, I don't know. I've seen like plenty of clips of people jumping and stuff." Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> So there was a certain, I think, level of expectation there where, again, it's one of those things where I try and avoid trailers and reviews and stuff so that yeah. I don't go in because I found out with a couple of things that, like, I have such a certain yeah, yeah. high... I mean, it works in reverse as well. So, for example, they panned Hellboy who went to watch it and I yeah. fucking loved it. Yeah, 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 totally. I'm not sure if that's because I was expecting to go in and watch a pile of shit. Yeah, yeah. Or... <laughs> it probably is, yeah. I mean, if your expectations are low and the film is actually good, yeah. then, you know, you it's 100% yeah. positive, yeah. So yeah, no, um, yeah, it was good. We enjoyed it. I believe they're doing another season of something with it. Yeah, they they're um, rec- well, they're making a new season, but it's going to be based on a different house. I'm not yes. sure if they're using the same characters or the same actors, but different characters. Yeah, same actors, different actors, same actors, different actors, <laughs> same actors, different characters, yeah. different location. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be quite cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Mindhunter. Yeah, um, first season I think was on both of our lists. Yeah, I loved the first season. Yeah. What did Fantastic. you make of the second? I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it had the same punch as the first season. No, not by at all. any means. I think the first season, because it dipped in and out of characters, hmm. you were focused on the idea of the profiling yeah. and the detectives that were their lives composing these. Yeah profiles and like the pushback against the whole profiling thing as well yeah whereas with this season they focus on essentially one killer for the entire season yeah yeah and I can see why they did it because it's a story that needs Mm. it's not just a dip in this is this guy and dip out it's there's a big story to tell there yeah Um, but it just it didn't have the same feel for me I really enjoyed it it was Mm. really good yeah yeah glad they brought Kemper back yeah as briefly as that was like, yeah. <laughs> but I, I did enjoy it and I agree with you um, I don't get the whole BTK thing I, I'm, I'm glad they're doing it I'm enjoying the BTK sections but we all know the BTK didn't get caught until like what the early 2000s I think that's part of what they they're sort of building up that he's in the background and he stays so elusive for so long Yeah. because I'm not 100% sure on my BTK knowledge mm-hmm. but I think he was active for a while and then it was yeah, a large a period break, yeah, where yeah. he took a break yeah <clears throat> i think they're going to try and convey that in later seasons okay where he's still present and then all of a sudden he drops off yeah doesn't match any of the profiles because he's dropped off yeah yeah and then when he starts taunting the fbi because i imagine the idea of criminal profiling is going to become a big thing in one of the later seasons yeah which again, I'm speculating here. Yeah, he's gonna like taunt them. Yeah, that their profiles can't catch him and all the rest, and eventually it will lead to his capture. I'm pretty sure it's not a profile that catches him. He um. Yeah, he balls his up. Yeah, he uh, sends like print, a uh, a disc or something like, yeah. that, like a floppy disc, and it's got like the records of where he's made it the from. Church, yeah, and his name. <laughs> fucking, the idiot. fucking idiot. <laughs> 
but yeah no it's quite I, I imagine they're, they're doing something like that with it yeah I mean the thing with BTK is in terms of characters to have in the show he is a very peculiar character yeah, like, to have it definitely makes it interesting yeah but then obviously like if if you know that he doesn't get caught for that long you're thinking okay so is this series going to go on for like that long a period of time like it's going to sort of jump to the early 2000s at one, one point and show them catching BTK or I think if it keeps going on as well as it does hmm. I think we'll see plenty more I mean there's not like there's a shortage of killers they could yeah, in exactly, and out yeah, of yeah. I mean you've got Gacy yet I'm sure yeah. we'll get a thing on I mean yeah. again I'm not sure my serial killer knowledge isn't fucking hmm. out there but I don't know if Gacy was profile I know he got questioned a lot so he must yeah. have had something on him yeah yeah <clears throat> but again I'm gonna assume the whole thing is loosely based on mm. the book the yeah, actual yeah, yeah. compilation yeah I think it is of, yeah, yeah. so they can play with it any which way yeah, they want so there's yeah. loads of people that they could begin yeah. to introduce and start dipping into yeah. which I think is part of the appeal is this well, that's no, my favourite part of the, the show is like the interviewing the serial killers the and, seeing yeah. the different killers yeah yeah um yeah, which is, again, one of the things I think it just... Although we did have certain interviews with certain individuals, yeah. it, it really didn't keep that feeling that was yeah. there in the first yeah. one. No, definitely not. It's, I mean, it's enjoyable, though. I did enjoy it. I'm just hoping they go back to sort of the same format as the first season for the next season. Yeah. I'll be, yeah, I'm I'm a... Unless it suddenly plummets to be an absolute dog shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Dexter did towards the end the yeah. last couple of seasons, I'm yeah. in this till this done. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't like get the next season with it like on the hunt for Ted Kaczynski or something like that. You know, the Unabomber. Yeah, it's something really fucking big. Yeah, you know? uh, there's a. I was gonna say there is a Netflix season already. This like keeps Unibomber. being recommended to me. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, if you like. Uh, the one we're talking about you should check out Unibomber yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter, yeah. it's like oh you like this so you should like this and yeah, I'm like oh right, cool yeah. Yeah. the Unibomber one's really good yeah, yeah. I haven't watched that one either it's on my watch list there's yeah. so much stuff on my fucking watch list <laughs> yeah, but, yeah I can't think of anything else we've really watched that's noteworthy other than like Celebrity Master Chef and fucking Bake Off Celebrity Master Chef yeah Oosh. I know now I went to the cinema recently to watch Rambo Five. Oh yeah, how was that? Um, I fucking loved it. Yeah, it is exactly what I wanted. Um, again, I sort of saw the trailers. And I said, oh man, no offense to Stallone, he's getting on a bit though. Yeah, he is a bit. So I wasn't expecting him to be doing too much running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. throwing people through walls. You expect you know? him to be more more of an advisor at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but fuck, man, he's a tank. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of scenes in there where like I'm all like, why has he not done horror? Like, why <laughs> yeah. has he never done horror? There's a bit where he's stalking some dude involved in the cartel and like he's standing in his house in the dark and like yeah. he's fucking huge. Yeah. Or you know the angle shot so he looks fucking huge, yeah, yeah. massive fucking shoulders, big huge lump. I'm like this guy could easily be a Jason. Yeah, yeah. He could easily be a Michael Myers type character. Yeah, yeah. Why has nobody thought to cast him in a horror movie before? Do you think he'll go go into a film and wear a mask for the entire thing? But you wouldn't necessarily need to wear a mask. Like, yeah, they, it wouldn't have to be that. And there's always a bit of with the slasher, the identity of the slasher. But like, obviously, like you said, he's a a lister. He's not yeah, going to yeah. want to like be there hiding in the shadows or whatever. Yeah. 
but it could be a murder mystery and he could yeah. be like playing the town sheriff but he's also a fucking brutal <laughs> killer, killer. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah I don't know but yeah when I saw him I was just like Jesus man he's got like just the, it's the shot when when it comes out I'll have to point out the particular shot but it's just yeah. like he looks scary as fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he's missing his I'm not going to say it's calling because obviously it's calling his action <laughs> yeah. movies that's what he's made so many yeah, yeah. you've got so much money yeah, yeah. but it's like yeah you want another avenue to go down yeah. try this Missed one Mr. Second calling yeah yeah. Um, yeah. Fact, I haven't seen a Rambo film in years man like literally years it's one of those things that I never really dipped into Rambo I was an Arnie kid yeah 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 Arnie 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 and there was a couple of Stallone movies that I'd watched yeah but I think I got into Stallone and a bad time during his career because <clears throat> it was stuff like Daylight which alright it's not a bad movie it was alright but um, it wasn't it wasn't great yeah especially when I'm currently watching Predator <laughs> Terminator <laughs> Conan yeah <laughs> it's like okay yeah he's alright yeah yeah um, and then you had Dread which the less said about the better. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the time I was, what, 13 years old when that came out? And I was already reading Judge Dredd and loving Judge Dredd. So for me, I was like, yeah, I fucking love this. I mean, obviously the passage of time has not lent... <laughs> can't that to him, like, Yeah. But I say, I remember seeing the trailer and um, I'm not overly familiar with Dredd. What's the family? They live out in the wasteland. Oh, the, um, the, the angel family. Gang. You've yeah, the, the angel the, gang. The yeah. dude with the thing the and the timer on his head, yeah. yeah. Like I remember seeing him in the trailer and being like, "Fuck man, that guy looks badass." Yeah. And being all for it, but I remember watching it and just being like, "Not." I didn't take to it the same yeah. way I took to other stuff. So um, again, I remember like we were on a a cruise, not a cruise. So we were on a ferry going up to Holland, and Judge Dredd had just come out, right? And it was like my my younger brother is five years younger than me, so I wanted to go and watch Dredd, Judge Dredd. I was like, there was a cinema on this ferry. Um, I wanted to go and watch Judge Dredd but obviously couldn't get in I was like 13 and he was 8 <laughs> so we went to watch the fucking Power Rangers film oh, and it was man. the worst two hours of my life it was horrible I watched that recently with the kids <laughs> it doesn't hold up <laughs> it didn't hold up then <laughs> um, yes I didn't really dip into like Stallone for a long time yeah but then I think it must have been I must have been about 17, 18 because I picked up Rambo Trilogy yeah. on VHS because it was like in HMV for like 8 quid yeah, yeah. and I was like oh fucking I'll give it a go Stallone's yeah. alright yeah. and I remember watching Rambo and being like huh this this yeah. guy this guy like <laughs> who knew <laughs> he, like, he actually acts yeah, yeah. like you got Rocky obviously but yeah. like so did you not see any of the Rockies up to this point I'd seen one or two Rockies but again I think I'd seen one yeah then four, Ooh. then I think it was until I put the box in. I saw any of the others. Yeah. But my my gripe with Rocky is that like he seems to be really stupid at the start. <laughs> yeah. Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Then towards the end he gets really smart. Yeah. You get some sense beat into it. Yeah, and then towards the end he gets really dumb again. Yeah. Like there's this arc of like. There's like yeah, but there's a point where you get you get beat <laughs> enough sense into you. <laughs> And then past that point, you become more stupid. You, know? yeah. you just get beaten out of you again. You got yeah. He's peaked. He's learned stuff because yeah. he's got the shit kicked out of him so often. <laughs> yeah. And then just feeds off. Yeah. But yeah, one of my other gripes with Rocky is I've got older. Is like, 
I wonder how people who actually box feel about watching Rocky because yeah. his whole fighting style is just punch me in the face a load of times because mm. I can take it and I'm Until all like tired. Do you know what I mean? There's only so much punching in the face you can take. Even yeah. if you're Rocky Balboa, the Italian yeah. stallion, <laughs> and got all the gumph you need to keep yeah, going. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, Royal Rambo, watched one, two, and three. One, I was all like, wow, man, this guy, he's like, he's delivering a performance. You yeah. know, like, I can. He, he's, he's, he's doing it. Yeah. Then I saw two and was all like, oh, okay, we've slipped a bit here. We've gone kind yeah. of into the ridiculous action movie. Yeah, yeah. Then I saw three and was just like, okay, yeah, no, I'm done. <laughs> I, I remember enjoying the, the Rambo films growing up because my brother was big, in, big into like Arnie and Stallone yeah. as well. So like we'd watched sort of Rambos and all of the Arnie ones like Commando and fucking Terminator and all that. Commando's the tits. Commando's awesome, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I remember enjoying the Rambo films. I guess if I watched them again now, I wouldn't be so keen as I was when I was like, you know, I watched them again recently after I went to go watch five. I was like, oh, I'll start watching them. I think I got through one and two. Yeah. Then went and watched five and come back and watch three and four. Yeah. <clears throat> but the, the whole progression for Rambo is each film has gradually gone more and more violent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so five, it was like the reviews are coming out, and I was like, ah, oh, is this <laughs> going to get fucking slammed now? Yeah, yeah. And it did. It was like, ah, oh, it's just ridiculous mindless violence fucking mindless ultra violence yeah. xenophobic rah, 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 rah. and I was like ah oh, sounds just like my cup of tea it's <laughs> yeah, kind of what, what like, yeah. I'm expecting from a Rambo movie <laughs> yeah, at this yeah. point yeah definitely um, and yeah it there's some fucking it's not a particularly strong storyline <laughs> By any means. Storyline then, no? But I mean, I'm not going to watch a storyline. It's yeah, no, 86, yeah. 87 minutes long, the yeah. film. Like, it moves at a pretty brisk, brisk pace. Yeah, yeah. No, you're going to a Rambo film to watch Still and Kick Ass. Yeah, I don't want to see two hours of him negotiating and then, like, yeah. 20 minutes of him kicking ass. Quoting Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, and they come and essentially assault this farmhouse that he's been living in, but he's built these underground bunkers and he's just laying waste to people left, right, and centre. So it's just a, a typical action film setup then? Yeah, yeah, it's just. He's retired. He's retired, he's got a Mexican woman living in his house. Obviously. Who has granddaughter, I believe it is, is also living there. Right. He lives down in the, the pits he's made, in the tunnels, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the little trenches underground that he's got. Right. The girl tries to go find her dad in Mexico, gets abducted by the cartel. Of course, he goes looking for her, tries yeah, to yeah. find the cartel, that creates some bother, they come to get him. Yeah. Chaos ensues, yeah. but of course, he's he's gone back to like setting up all his traps, hiding in the shadows, all yeah. this stuff, and it's just like, yeah, machete, yeah, shotgun, there, bam, 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 trap, yeah, squish you with this, smash you with that. It's like, yes, <laughs> is this is what I come here for. Yeah. Just mindless violence. That's yeah. all I want. Yeah. Job done. <laughs> games wise uh, have you been playing anything games wise lately I well you sent me the credits for to pick up Remnant from the Ashes um, so I downloaded it and we haven't played it together yet and it's been what a month <laughs> yeah, it's not longer, if not longer yeah. <laughs> um, I completed the intro section it's pretty good I just haven't dipped back into it yet I'm really digging it um, yeah. again I'm sort of dipping in and out because I'm like ah, oh, I don't want to get too far ahead yeah, you know, I'll just play for an hour yeah. and then it's like five hours later and I'm like 
but um, yeah, basic sort of Dark Soulsy shooter yeah. premise. Um, you got a map. You walk around the map. You find doorways into areas. They usually lead you to a dungeon esque area where you find the end. It takes you to a boss battle. Beat the boss. Pick up gear. Yeah. Rinse and repeat bit, through yeah. different areas. Mm. Um, yeah, I've dipped in quite a bit. I've had quite a few bits online where I've been playing with people. Yeah. Um, just random drop ins. And yeah, it's good fun. It's like one of those games where I've never been a big Dark Souls man. You're a Dark yeah, Souls yeah. man. Yeah, I like Dark Souls, yeah. Like, if I'm just constantly getting fucking laid yeah. to waste, I'm all like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. But with this, for some reason, I like keep going <laughs> I, I don't know what it is I don't know why with this yeah. there's something about it that's keeping me chipping away hmm. have you ever tried like a Dark Souls I tried game? the first Dark Souls when okay. it came out I bought like the special edition oh, yeah. which I traded in about like two days after I bought it <laughs> <laughs> but um, I haven't dipped back into any of the others but I'm wondering if it was just a wrong time wrong place kind of thing because yeah. I also I dipped into the surge, which is very similar, oh, yeah, yeah. but like a more futuristic. I couldn't get on with the surge, but again, I was really like, I got into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I started, I was like, oh, actually. Yeah, I think that with Dark Souls, there's a point where you get into it. Like, um, it's it took me a while to be honest, um, but once I was in, then I was completely in. You know, I think there's a point where you beat like a boss on top of a tower, like I can't remember what the boss is called now, but after that point, I was like. Oh shit! I get it. Like I understand this now, and I, I can it. carry on playing. You know, yeah. and I, although yeah, I die constantly, but then you just get back up and you carry on going. And like, like you said, with the with remnant. Yeah, once you, it must just be like yeah, you get to a certain point where you, you get. Yeah, like oh yeah, shit! I understand this now. Yeah. yeah, and then you can just carry on playing. It's okay to die constantly. It's not yeah. an embarrassment. You're not terrible at exactly. Games. <laughs> yeah, you're meant to die at this, in this game. It's designed for you to die yeah. constantly. Uh, listening to anything interesting lately? Uh, not really, man. I've just been dipping into like the playlists that Spotify create. You know, like the yeah, re- rewind playlists playlist. and shit like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. And daily playlists. I haven't really discovered anything new from it. Um, yeah, just I haven't really sort of checked out anything new for a while, to be honest. What have I been listening to? I've been listening to there's uh, one of the tattooists that I follow. Mm-hmm. Um, he runs like a distribution company yeah. putting out records from various places so I've been checking out some of the stuff that he's got listed mm-hmm. and like there's a couple of bands obviously I'm familiar with it's like a hardcore punk type distro yeah and uh, I saw they had Candy on there and I was like yeah I like Candy yeah. Yeah. and there was Hatebreed's early stuff and I was like oh I do like a bit of early Hatebreed yeah specifically so, early Hatebreed yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like ah oh. I'll check out some of the other stuff. So they put up a band called Crust. Yeah. We've got an album out recently called Sex Noises. Yeah. Which I really liked. And I've just been dipping into various stuff on there that they've had. So stuff like Nails. Oh, I've really nice. taken yeah, the yeah. shine to Nails. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I haven't checked out anything new for a while. No. I did go see Off With Their Heads a oh, couple yes, of months yeah. back. Yeah. That was good fun. Mm. Um but yeah outside of that nothing new no got a couple of gigs lined up which I'm looking forward to yeah got uh, Melt Banana in Bristol that's going to be fucking awesome man I can't wait for the Melt Banana <laughs> it's going to be mental I was thinking about it and I was like fucking hell man Melt Banana and Lightning Bolt when was that Cardiff House early yeah, yeah. 20s yeah. it's like yeah listening to shitloads of the Locust Lightning yeah. Bolt Melt Banana Holy Mola. <laughs> 
just that three one G and like yeah, yeah yeah, Ipecac times. And then he was just like, oh, I stopped listening to it. And then he was like, oh, Mel Banana tone. I was like, fuck, man, Mel yeah. Banana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's they do it. Cardiff not so long ago, and I missed it. I was gutted about that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It'll be good. Yeah, it should be massive. And then Lightning Boat next month. See, I mean, all we need now is Locust to come, because they've, re- they've, they've reformed. reformed, yeah. <clears throat> They'll be touring before. Yeah, exactly. Long, come to Bristol, Locust, please, because we'll definitely come to that. They'll definitely come to Bristol. They'll yeah, be playing, yeah. possibly, uh, Thekla again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Fuck, I'd love Thekla. <laughs> and, like, yeah, get Phantom Ass. Get them over here. Yeah, are they still touring? I don't know. They haven't released anything I don't think they've released anything for ages now. I mean, he's got Dead Crossing on. I'll sell for oh, Dead, Dead Crossing. Cross, do you? Yeah. <laughs> so Dead Cross in yeah. Bristol. Yeah. The, the Locust with support from Dead Cross, or like a co-headlining thing. Yeah. You know, would be great. Be down for some of that. Yeah, fucking right. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening, so we shouldn't really no. <laughs> fantasize about that. But yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah, a couple of gigs lined up. Um, been reading anything interesting? I finally sort of picked up my. Uh, reading shoes it's <laughs> got my my reading feet on <laughs> I'm a reading eyes uh, I've been sort of a bit sluggish um, on the reading front just not really getting to grips with anything nothing really grabbing me yeah bit of a slow plod I mean like I said before I sometimes I set like a target I'm going to read X amount of books this year yeah but I haven't for this year so I haven't felt the need to like try and smash anything yeah yeah but I've been reading a lot of um, S. Craig Zahler yeah. uh, director of Bone Tomahawk writer oh, you and director of Bone Tomahawk yeah. Cellblock 99 yeah. Dragged Across Concrete all of which are amazing films yeah um, so I was like this guy writes good films yeah. he directs good films let's check out some of his books isn't Sky Ross a black metal band? It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, we should just be totally Amazing. best friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, in the back of the book, it says, oh, yeah, he's, he also does plays drums for black metal band. And he's got some other, like, stoner, doomy rock band as well that he yeah. plays with. And he was like, dude, <laughs> what's going on? You're like the we're best like, human being ever. We're destined to be buddies. Yeah. Just give me a shout. We can totally hang out. Yeah, I'll yeah. buy you a beer. <laughs> Um, yeah so I dipped into two of his books um, both of which I cannot remember the titles of right now because it was a while ago I finished them um, Wraiths of Broken Land I think is the one which is a western oh yeah and I fucking loved it Once when it started I was a bit concerned that it was just going to be gross for being gross sake yeah um, Chuck Palahniuk yeah the guy who wrote Fight Club yeah, and stuff yeah. His early stuff, I really dug it. Mm. Then he did Haunted, and it was this big, like, oh, Haunted's amazing. It's full mm. of all these gross stories. Never since then, I kind of can't shake the, the, the feeling that he's being gross just for the sake of being gross. Kind of. I did really enjoy Haunted, though. Yeah, I enjoyed Haunted. Yeah. Um, the stuff after that. I just finished Survivor, actually. Survivor's one of the early ones. Survivor's yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's really good. I really yeah. like Survivor. Um, yeah, so when it starts, it opens with a woman in essentially a cell complaining about how she's all sore and hurts and this that and the other and there's something inside her that's not quite right and she pulls out like a dead tortoise that's been put in her vagina yeah and i was like okay is this this is this is, this is like <laughs> the third <laughs> sentence in the book she's saying about this tortoise shell in the pussy yeah and i was like 
Hmm. Is, is this going to be one of those one of those books one of those stories where everything's just really <laughs> fucking gross yeah. but now after a couple pages I was fucking hooked into it loved it amazing finished that moved on to second one um, which is a police one an incident in Granson Street or something like that yeah this dude gets fucking sent over to the middle of fucking nowhere and he's got to work it's freezing cold and there's essentially a case of police brutality mm-hmm. the guy gets out of hospital goes on the lam but arranges for all these hit men to come and take out the police yeah <clears throat> so this small I say small city it's not a small city it's a huge city but with a small police force yeah. suddenly find that they're like on a hit list they're getting taken out yeah. killed badges stolen genitals cut off if it's a woman they're taking their ovaries out to prove yeah. that they're fucking dead it's like brutal yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah I really like that as well I was like oh fuck yeah <laughs> <clears throat> so I plan on picking up some more of his stuff and reading some more yeah yeah he's top shit sweet man um, yeah other than Survivor I can't think of anything else I've read recently um, I am gonna start Good Omens soon because I enjoyed did you watch the TV I didn't watch the TV series no it's pretty good have you read the book before no I haven't is it good I read the book yeah uh, a couple of years ago I think we had it for a wedding present oh okay it's um, off on serious friends just give us three books yeah and some other stuff but it was stuff that like I hadn't read that she was like oh you probably really like yeah, these yeah. things and Good Omens is one of them because mm. yeah I do like Terry Pratchett and yeah. I do like the Neil Gaiman stuff I've read yeah, yeah. she was like why haven't I read this before <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no I enjoyed it it was good um, again the only reason I haven't watched a TV series is just I haven't I'm got around like, to it yeah like yeah yeah oh I enjoyed the TV show um, so yeah I'm looking forward to getting to that <laughs> I did start watching the Swamp Thing TV show the other day because that's come on times on Prime on now Amazon yeah I'm two episodes in it's pretty good yeah so from what I've it's really good yeah um but it got cancelled after like the second yeah. episode. Yeah. And it's like, well, how can you Why? cancel after the second episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it that bad? No. IGN rating is something like fucking 7.9. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, it's obviously doing well. It's being well received. Yeah, Why yeah. fucking can it? But it's yeah. all to do with like licensing issues, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a bit shit. Yeah, I think they cancelled it before it was even released. Yeah, I think they'd finished buttoning up the second episode. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. Canned it. But yeah, it's alright so far. Yeah, bastard tease us with all these beautiful things and I know, take them yeah. away yeah, I, was look, I was fucking looking forward to Swamp Thing but we got one season out of it and, yeah you know I think um, the dude that plays Swamp Thing Derek Mears I think his mm. name is yeah. he also played Jason Voorhees in the Friday the 13th reboot oh nice I think he's super keen to keep it going like, yeah 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 I think yeah, he really I bet, enjoyed yeah. playing so whether we get a TV spin off or because I think it's all to do with the DC Direct yeah it was on the DC streaming platform wasn't it yeah yeah, I think DC, this wasn't exclusively on the DC streaming platform, but it's been cancelled because DC wanted it on right, their extreme, on okay. their exclusive extreme, on their extreme yeah. streaming. <laughs> <laughs> they want it on, <laughs> they want it on the exclusive streaming service. Yeah, yeah. This Swamp Thing. They're, they're basically they're trying to claw everything back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it got canned so that they could claw it back yeah. which is a really shitty thing to do if it's doing well yeah. just include it on the service it's yeah, definitely, that whole yeah. fucking money grabbing greedy bastards fucking um, thing innit yeah well fuck 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 indeed 
<laughs> Shall we get into Hellraiser? Oh, fuck I. Right, so... To wrap up our Hellraiser season, or, yeah, to wrap up our Hellraiser episode, rather, and to come towards the end of our um, Clive Barker season, we've got the two Gary Tannicliffe-written Hellraisers. And these two are the first two Hellraisers to be written as Hellraiser films since Bloodlines. So all the rest of them were scripts that we've spoken about before. But... um, they're scripts that were turned into Hellraiser films after being already complete scripts. So yeah, which is good. Um, so Hellraiser Revelations came out in 2011, directed by Victor Garcia, written by Gary Tanacliffe, and with Stephen Smith Collins as Chubby Pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gets banded as Chubby Pinhead. Yeah. I don't think he's particularly chubby. He's got a bit of a chubby face going on. It just, I just think he's just got a big face. Yeah, yeah. I just think, yeah, poor fucker. <laughs> Chubby Pinhead, fuck him off. He's well, a in my notes, I originally, I originally put him as Fat Pinhead, but I thought that's a bit harsh. I don't want to go fat shaming the guy, you know. But I thought Chubby's a bit better. I um, mean, I will agree with you straight off the bat. Pinhead looks awful. Yeah, he looks fucking terrible in this film. But do you think that's because we've had Doug Bradley as Pinhead for so long uh, and grown accustomed to the Doug Bradley look? That again, anybody. I mean, look at the backlash you had with uh, Freddy Krueger with the Freddy Krueger oh, yeah, make yeah. about how terrible he looks. But then he didn't really look that bad. No, <clears throat> but he was different. And the same yeah. with Chucky. Look like yeah, at the yeah. child's play. Yeah, true. Uh, the kicking off. He looks awful. Yeah, it's a new look. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't mind the look of the Chucky, the Chucky that much. No, or but Freddy like, Krueger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but this, I, I just think he just looks bad. Yeah, it just doesn't look as. It's not so much. It doesn't look as good as Doug Bradley. He just doesn't look good in general. Well, again, I was wondering about this. Is this, is it more the way it's shot? Maybe, yeah. I, I was thinking about it, and again, amateur fucking film <laughs> discussion <laughs> yeah, yeah. going on here. Yeah. Is it more of the the way it's shot, the lighting? Because it, they, for example, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, mm-hmm. Judgment, yeah. very dark, yeah. outside of yeah. when they've been interrogated. Yeah. So the pinhead there, you see outlines of pinhead. Yeah, yeah. You see, you don't ever see a sort of full-on until the end, like front-facing camera, yeah. bright lights, clearly depicting Pinhead. Yeah, yeah. This, he's always like front and centre. Well, this bright. is one thing I was going to bring up. Is in the first couple of Hellraiser films, um, especially, Doug, Brad- Doug Bradley has this presence on screen. The background's always dark. He's got this change around him. He's like, when he speaks, like you see the sort of condensation coming from his mouth, you know, the, yeah. the steam. The cold room, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Cold room. And he's got this presence on screen. He's got this like commanding voice, and he's just you can't help be drawn to him. And in this, like I, I think it's towards the end of the film. Again, no one to get too far into it before we get into it. Um, but he is pinhead, and they sort of talk into the family or whatever. And I never thought in the original Harry's, oh, this just it just looks like a couple of dudes in a room. You know what I mean? Yeah. It looks like some guy dressed up as pinhead in a room in with a some room. other people. Yeah. And that's exactly what I thought in that scene. It's like he just doesn't have that look or presence or sort of. He's not even written that well. Yeah. This is why I think this falls down more so on the film itself rather yeah. than. I think if it was shot differently, yeah. he might have been well received because yeah, it's, it's. I think it's a Even general... his voice kind of annoyed me, though, to be honest. But again, there's that whole. I think they should have just moved away from Pinhead. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think, and again, we'll get into this more on judgment. Mm. But I think 
they they tried so hard early on. Pinhead became the face of Hellraiser. Oh, he's iconic, yeah, instantly. And so you have a look at the cover artwork for every single release. Yeah. He's on it. It yeah, doesn't yeah. matter whether he's in the film for seven <laughs> minutes yeah, yeah. or the whole shebang. He's yeah. always on the front. Yeah. So they sort of they've had to include him to a degree. Yeah. But I think that's been one of the downfalls of the series, which we'll get to again. We're getting mm. carried away a bit when we get to the end of our overall opinions of it. Yeah, I think they, if they can't do it properly, they shouldn't have bothered at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. But um, I just I, this pinhead just annoyed me, man. Like, <laughs> chubby pinhead can fuck right off. So yeah, plot summary. So I've written down my plot summary here, and I think we've got sort of slightly different plot, plot summaries written down. So should we just go through? So my plot summary is two fuckhead teenagers discover the box, inevitably open the gateway to hell and try and close it. These two teenagers are fucking idiots. I and I, I think I've got less elsewhere in my notes. Um are they deliberately hate, hateable protagonists or are they just really poorly written characters? So yeah, as a as a way of trying to be more professional, we were like, okay, we'll start doing some notes. So Dave was very professionally written show notes, me I've scribbled some stuff down <laughs> on, on some paper. Just <laughs> random notes. And I've got Two boys go to Mexico, find box, kill girl, get in trouble. That's my <laughs> plot. The, the trouble is. being, they open a box to hell. Yeah, they get in trouble, <laughs> pinhead comes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, <laughs> Uh-oh spaghetti <laughs> you got a lot of splitting to do. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, these two fucking idiot teenagers, they go to Tijuana um, for a drunken weekend, I assume. They... Um, end up killing a prostitute I assume she's a prostitute and then some homeless guy gives them the box they open the box and from then on it's very Hellraiser 1 inspired yeah a lot of it when it started I thought it was quite an interesting direction to take because it jumps in with essentially you've got one lad uh, Stephen who's essentially the loser of the pair These are both two very privileged young lads come from money. They could do anything they wanted. Mm. And you've got Nico, who's the sort of ringleader and a bit of a fucking asshole. Yeah. Um, Stephen's filming the whole shebang. They go to Mexico. They're fucking off from their parents. They're going to fly the nest. Yeah, so it starts off like a found footage film, yeah. essentially. And I quite like that. I quite like the idea that you were being drip-fed parts of this story. Yeah, so yeah. it opens, you see part of the footage. Um cuts back to one of the mothers Stephen's mother the good kid's mum is looking at the camera mm. daughter walks in catches her mum puts the camera away tells her to not look at her leave her alone don't worry about it it's obviously a sore subject they yeah. don't know where their kids are police can't make heads or tails of the footage don't know why they've got the camera back but they've got the camera back um, and we carry on from there you get Nico's parents come to the house to have a meal yeah so the family's all there having a meal together and you sort of get drip fed bits and pieces of the yeah, fan footage constantly cut, but it's constantly cutting back and forth between those guys in Tijuana yeah before obviously all the shit went down and the family after all the shit's gone down so when it started I quite liked the, the way it was sort of leaning yeah 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 but that soon changed yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely man like it's just like I say, it's, it's falling back on the Hellraiser one thing as well. Where I'm just going to jump into the plot, like, and spoil that well now. Yeah, spoilers are standing for now at this yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
Nico's get Nico gets killed at some point. I think I must have been fucking about with the mics or something like that at the time when I was watching it because I was up here watching it yesterday. And um, I didn't really see him get killed. I can't remember what happens there. Yeah, so they get the box. Um, they're in a club. Homeless man. Yeah. Very much like the dude in one and yeah, yeah. three. Yeah. Um, comes along, long beard, long hair, bearded. Knows what they've been up to. Yeah. Gives them the box. How much do you want for it? It's yours it's, all it's along. It's always been yours. Yeah, yeah. So off they go with the box. So the pair of them are fucking about trying to open the box. Nico's trying to open the box while Stephen films it. Box opens, Pinhead oh, comes so out. Ah, so that bit in the beginning is Nico getting killed then? Yeah. Right, okay. Pinhead comes out, takes Nico away. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, Stephen then starts killing people. And after the first person he kills, I believe, uh, Nico comes out, or well, the skinless Nico comes out, out of the bed, much like Julia and Frank. Sexy Julia. <laughs> Sexy skinless <laughs> Julia. <laughs> um, and tells him to kill more obviously and then we dip back and forth between the family yeah. um, one of the things I got in my notes outside of both lads are dicks mm. is does Pinhead live in the box <laughs> so one <laughs> I mean we're, like a genie you rub it through we're, we're, comes we're nine films in now right oh, yeah. um, but one of the things I don't know if you picked up on it yeah um, so the the camera's back in the boys bag as is the box yeah yeah and the daughter comes in at one point and she's looking at the film and she sees various bits and pieces but then she sees the box and takes the box out but various mm. bits it cuts to Pinhead mm. in essentially what I'm assuming is the hell the, yeah, the, the, the dam, whatever he dwells in Leviathan yeah, yeah and he can hear them having a conversation he can hear them the parents talking I missed that at the dinner table it happens like twice yeah. and I was like hang on a minute <laughs> It's been it, in the box. Oh, please tell me you, he doesn't live in the box all this time. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that can't be right. Yeah, I know. Like, as far the, as I'm concerned, the, the box opens up a gateway to yeah, hell. The box is the key that yeah, opens yeah. up the gateway. He doesn't yeah. live in the box. <laughs> but, like, he's, you see, there's a couple of bits where he's like, he's looking up towards yeah. the sky as if he's listening into the conversation outside he's of the got box. He's like a glass against the wall on the side <laughs> yeah. of the box. It was, it was ridiculous. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? With nine films in, and now you're trying to tell me he lives in the box the whole fucking time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it dips in and out. The door's playing with the box. Yeah. Before she has the chance to completely open it, all of a sudden, <gasps> Nico's outside. Stephen. Uh, Stephen, sorry. Yeah. The son is outside, the good son. Yeah. And he comes in and he's all dehydrated and suffering from pneumonia, and the family are trying to sort him out. And oh, where's, my, where's the other son, Nico? They try and find him, and he's not there. And the sort of story sort of progresses from there, where the boy explains about Cenobites and yeah. they've opened the box. But like, but again, falling back on the whole fucking Henry's one thing. It turns out he's actually Nico in Stephen's skin. Yeah, I got one of my notes. I've got here two of my notes. Uh, people in films trying to be drunk and fucking is hilarious. One of the things I was trying to watch. The old, like, cringe weirdly bad. Yeah, I, I, obviously, the two lads, they go to Mexico, they're getting drunk, they're bumbling around. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I've never been, like, that kind of drunk. I don't, I don't know. think I've ever been that much of a fucking twat, either. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those weird, like, I don't know, and then trying to watch him shagging, and it was just like, admittedly, I've never, like, recorded myself and yeah. then watched myself back. Yeah, that'd be weird. But I don't think 
I have sex like that. Have <laughs> <laughs> like, you just noticed very well? I don't think I pull those faces yeah, yeah. or make those noises yeah. or just look that fucking weird. I hope I don't, otherwise. Yeah. You got a mirror set in the bedroom and to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Stephen comes back and like I said, before the big reveal that he's Nico, there's another bit going back to one of my notes. He scribbles. I don't care how much I miss my sister, never gonna fuck her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a bit where Stephen has come back. He's in bed. The sister's slurping his soup out of the bowl. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Like, he's soup doing? like a normal you person. Dirty bitch. <laughs> I know. That's, that's his soup. That's his soup. <laughs> How dare you slip it out of the bowl while yeah. he's sleeping? Um, he wakes up, <laughs> takes the soup back, also starts slurping out of the bowl. Like, people eat soup like fucking animals, man. Yeah, rich people yeah. do whatever the fuck they want. So they don't have spoons. <laughs> they not afford spoons better than spoons they didn't need spoons yeah, exactly um, but then the two start making out he's like oh I've missed you oh, i missed you too and I was like hang on a minute are we really going for this whole kissing thing and mm. they start necking and I'm more like oh we've got the whole Frank yeah. uh, Uncle Frank and Kirsty Kirsty yeah. angle um, I was like okay so they're playing up the incestuous tone of the the first one as well okay yeah. but obviously yeah as we said earlier the big reveal is that Nico is wearing Steve's skin so it's okay that he was trying and to then why was she there. okay with that yeah <laughs> why all of a sudden was it totally fine <laughs> yeah. to stop making out with your yeah. brother because at this point she thinks he's still his brother, yeah. her brother. there's nothing wrong with you you weird bitch yeah. <laughs> the soup thing and then you're kissing your brother what's all about she must have really missed him okay now calm down <laughs> Yeah. Um, Nico tries to do like a palming off deal. You guess that's right. The yeah, sister yeah. to open the box, yeah. and he offers up the sister instead of him. And at this point, Pinhead's just been standing in dark rooms, stroking ch- stroking chains for listening the to the conversation yeah. outside, waiting well, for the, the opportunity box, to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then he comes out and has a conversation with him, essentially saying, "I'm not accepting a deal or whatever." I can't remember to be honest. I think I checked out by this point. I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you were done. Yeah, I think he he says that the deal is not acceptable, um, because the girl is eventually going to find her own way back. That doesn't She's he been... force them to open the box? Yeah, and that's when Pinhead comes in. Nico forces the girl to open the box. Yes, that's right. To yeah. try and offer, but Pinhead wants to take Nico back. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there's some really good practical effects. Yeah, the gore and stuff like that was great in this one. Really surprised, especially when the Cenobites come and turn up and then start like laying waste to certain family members and quieting yeah. others and all the rest of it. Mm. Um, but Pinhead essentially decides that no, I'm taking Nico back. The sister will be back in her own time because Curiosity's going to get the better of her. She's already been infected with a bad seed. She'll be back in her own time. It's like, ooh. ooh yeah. Um, but the dad who is not a little bit worse for wear decides that he's not having it hmm. he's going to kill Stephen's dad decides fuck it he's not having it he's going to kill Nico so he shoots him Penhead's fucking pissed takes the guy's wife away yeah roll on towards the end of the film girl got box she's opening the box trying to open the box yeah. it's not a particularly good film no it's not at all I don't think I want to waste too much time talking about this one I mean it was rushed as well like the film was produced in weeks it was shot in about three weeks and that was just to keep an obligation to Dimension Films to keep the rights to the Hellraiser franchise 
again, like another rights thing, if they just let the rights go, then maybe somebody who actually gives a fuck about the franchise can write a good. I mean, saying that, my Tunnicliffe obviously cares about the franchise. He's worked on them he's since. He's worked on it for years. Yeah, since like three. Um, but it's just a shame that he's obviously had these time constraints and with like the pressure from Dimension to get a film out just to keep the rights because yeah. Dimension don't give a fuck about the hell of his franchise they just want to keep the rights it's keep one of those again like we said earlier it's you put a pin it on the box yeah. oh there's a new Hellraiser movie yeah. people are going to check it out yeah, it's yeah. one of those like most of the horror franchises just it's slap finally going to be good <laughs> yeah slap yeah. something out even if it's direct to video yeah, yeah it'll probably make its money back and then some not a great yeah, deal yeah. No. but like it makes some money yeah yeah yeah, I mean, so that's a, a shame. Um, and that's one of the reasons why Doug Bradley refused to participate as well, because of the rush production. Like, I think he was given a script and then had, like, to make up his mind within, like, a week or something. Yeah. Like, nah, fuck that. And Do you think it would have been a better film if Doug Bradley was in it? <laughs> He'd still be poorly written. Yeah. You know? He'd still have pinhead stroking chains. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, just be Doug Bradley doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Doug Bradley was in Dead, that didn't make Dead a good film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I suppose he'd he'd have that presence. I mean, it would be a slightly better film if he were in it. I think because Chubby Pinhead is one of the reasons why I, th- I sort of checked out. Checked out. But um, I don't think I would. I I don't think I would have enjoyed it then though. Still, because it's just falling back on Hellraiser one tropes, and it's just not very not very good. No. And the two protagonists are fucking awful. I think part of that is. They, they've, they're destined to be to, to go to hell they're yeah, destined yeah. to become yeah. Cenobites yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff so you're not supposed to like them so you're not sympathetic to their plight maybe yeah maybe I don't know it's just just a botched job then I think, yeah it's you know? just not very it's, it's not awful by any means yeah. but it's definitely not up there I think if they ditched Pinhead because mm. like you said for me as well he just doesn't whenever you see him he just doesn't look right yeah yeah, yeah. he's just it, something off about him you've got eight movies at this up to this point eight yeah. I think Doug Bradley's been in all eight yeah, up to yeah, this yeah. point you've got eight movies where even the ones that are not particularly good <laughs> I'm looking at you deader yeah um, it's still Doug Bradley he's still got that continual yeah, presence yeah, yeah. when he's on screen yeah. whereas they've got the new guy in and it's it's not the same and while I'm not adverse to change when yeah, they're yeah. trying to keep it the same yeah. it's just just move on you don't need it it's not going to work as well yeah. and I think they, they realise this with judgement yeah um, so the film is labelled to be from the mind of Clive Barker <laughs> <laughs> so this yesterday yeah, yeah. and it tickled me yeah. well Barker went on to Twitter and said and a direct quote I want to put on record that the flick out there using the word, Hell, using the word Hellraiser is no fucking child of mine I have nothing to do with the fucking thing if they claim it's from the mind of child Barker Clive Barker child Barker <laughs> Clive Barker it's a lie it's not even from my butthole <laughs> wow so I don't think he likes it <laughs> yeah 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 fucking hell Imagine like imagine being Gary Tunnicliffe writing this Hellraiser film and you think it's great, and then like having Clive Barker, the person who created the Hellraiser mythos, telling you what you've done is not shit. even from my ass. But again, if it was rushed, yeah, was his again? He wrote and directed Judgment. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. 
the two side by side completely different movies. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, so is it a case of it was look we need a Hellraiser movie can you yeah. quickly knock up something he's like oh fuck yeah. and he's quickly churned out yeah yeah well, he's had a bit more time on well, he's judgment. had a bit more time with Judgment yeah potentially yeah because although I, Judgment was shot in about three weeks as well but I'm not sure if they had more production time, time. on that one because I do think I think after watching Judgment <clears throat> I think given enough time and enough freedom I think yeah. Tannicliffe would make a fucking amazing oh, yeah, Hellraiser absolutely movie. yeah yeah definitely um, yeah, a couple more notes I've got on uh, Revelations. Also, the title annoyed me as well, Revelations. Could you come up with a more like cliche title? There's no Revelations in it. It's just another Hellraiser film, copying heavily from the first one. What, where are the Revelations? At least in Judgment, there's some Judgment happening. You know? Well, there's, there's two clear Revelations in. <clears throat> right, okay. Pinhead, the Cenobites live in the box. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. now been revealed okay, that they yeah. live in the box. Yeah. And the second one is that they repeat in the whole skin swapping thing yeah. so Stephen is actually Nico so that's a revelation the re- revelation is they have to fall back on the first film after fucking eight, <laughs> eight films come out I mean they may as well call it Hellraiser Origins or another yeah. shit cliche Hellraiser title. we don't know what the fuck to do um, yeah a couple more notes uh, Pinhead's a bit shit plus his suit looks like it's made out of rubber rather than leather yeah like I said I'm not sure if that was just from a visual perspective they just didn't shoot it right it yeah. wasn't lit right they had like wasn't... a spare Batman suit lying around and they just thought fuck it was just, <laughs> just purposes for Hellraiser a yeah. couple of bin bags um, makeup and gore effects are decent Pinhead's still shit Pinhead in this film is shit Pinhead equals shit question mark uh, decent Hellraiser story only a bit ripped from the first film skinless Nico rising from the bed trying to make deals etc shame about chubby Pinhead and that's the end of my notes <laughs> Uh, yeah my notes end on good effects I try yeah. to find a positive to end on yeah yeah obviously so, yeah yeah chubby pin head man can't do that <laughs> so yeah Judgment uh, so released in 2018 um, written and directed by Gary Tannicliffe as you mentioned earlier uh, starring Paul T. Taylor as Pinhead this time uh, Gary Tannicliffe plays the auditor and Heather Langenkamp Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street plays the landlady and I I, I wouldn't have no, not unless I looked on the IMDb. Actually, we haven't done the IMDb scores. Oh, I know. I Rewind. I'm just bring that. Again, we are like a professional podcast. We do all of our sort of notes and stuff like that. So, what do you think it had on IMDb Revelations? Revelations has got to be down there. I'm going to say the diehard Hellraiser fans give it a bit of love. Mm. So, I'm going to say. 4.2 2.7 fuck yeah whoa that's, that's quite surprising I mean I was expecting it to be low but I did expect some yeah. Hellraiser love to bump it a bit yeah no 2.7 fucking seven. Yeah, ouch pretty sure dead on fucking higher score than that yeah fucking hell I know um, and the tomato meter there's no tomato meter yeah. there's an audience score we drank the audience score oh, it's got to be down like 2% 6 6 yeah. <laughs> that's closer than <laughs> <laughs> Closer than you were in IMDb, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Revelations. Uh, no, Judgment. Judgment. Should we do the scores? Yeah, we yeah. Judgment. If I had to guess, yeah. IMDb score, I'm going to say it's got to be up there in a five. I'm going to guess it's got panned to fuck as well. But uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm, it definitely got panned. I'm going to say a 5.4. Uh, 4.3. Oof. And the tomato meter. That's harsh, man. It is a bit, yeah. What do you think you got on Tomato Meter? Uh, got a 4.3 on IMDb, 31%. 50%? 50%. 50%. 
50? Yeah. Four. Audience score? Yeah. Fuck you, critics. Oh, that's the critics. Oh, it's the critics score. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Sorry, critics. <laughs> <laughs> Audience score of critics was 50, it's got to be 62. Ooh, 27. Fuck. Yeah, I know. The critics were less yeah, harsh than, than the audience, the audience yeah. was. It's mental. I don't understand why people hate this one so much. I don't get it, to be honest. I really enjoyed Judgment. Yeah, Judgment. Not to give my opinion away too early, like, you know, but yeah. it's, I'd say it's up there, definitely. Let's get into it. Cool, yeah. So the plot summary. Two detectives are on the hunt for a serial killer called the Preceptor. Um, also, Hellraiser. That's my God, written out my notes. Yeah, first 10 minutes. Yeah, should we start with that? So it actually begins with um, Pinhead having a conversation with the auditor. Um, and this is obviously the first time we've seen the auditor in the entire franchise. And they're talking about how people aren't using the boxes anymore. And sort of. In the digital society has moved on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they need to get souls elsewhere. And then we cut to a room. No, we cut to the. Do you want to just. You remember this better than I do? Yeah, there's a, there's a fella living essentially in somebody's basement, and he gets a little letter under his door. <clears throat> and the letter says, you know, we're aware of what you've been doing, and we're sympathetic to your plight. Yeah. Come and see us at. And they give him an address. Sophie Toddles goes finds his address. It's like derelict house in the middle of nowhere knocks on the door I read somewhere that that's the house from the first film but I'm not entirely sure it is no I don't, I, I don't think uh. I'm sure somebody on Instagram posted a picture of the house the other day yeah and it wasn't that rough yeah no well I mean they, they can obviously <laughs> do something about that but yeah that's anyway sorry the departments yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah so he goes in the house sort of I don't, this is where I get a little bit confused mm. he knocks on the door they open the door yeah <clears throat> Is he essentially like hypnotized or drawn in? Is he like a portal? I think it is a portal, yeah. Because you get there are two separate occasions where we see somebody come to the house and as they knock on the door and they're talking to somebody, all of a sudden they seem to get a bit dizzy. Yeah. And then next thing they're tied to a chair. Yeah. Where we meet the auditor again and they start being questioned. Yeah. And this like the music in this film as well is great. Like there's a, a version of Furley's playing when as soon as somebody knocks the door every time somebody knocks the door this version of fair release plays this really creepy sort of drawn up version of fair release and um and then obviously they fall, they fall asleep or like they drive yeah. into this dimension the auditors questioning them and they're sort of plugged into this chair as well like the syringes into this chair and he's typing the auditor has a typewriter and he's typing out the answers in their blood which i think is pretty cool yeah yeah yeah, it was, we were discussing earlier that like in the first 10 minutes, you have essentially this 10 minute intro before we get the opening credit sequence mm. where you're introduced to 10 new Cenobite characters. Yeah. That That's like unprecedented across, I don't think we've had 10. Yeah, no, no. no. In nine films yeah. up to this point, no. different characters. No. We still get to see Pinhead, Chara, um, the twins from Inferno. Yeah. But there's another ten. There's another ten on top ten of that. Minutes. Yeah. yeah. We, and and right. they are pretty good as characters. Like some of them, some you better sort of loosely get a feel for. So yeah. you've got the jury. Yeah, yeah. You don't really see much of the jury. The jury no. is essentially three women who are somewhat disfigured in the face, but are all topless while they're passing judgment. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, the cleaners, again, the three women, they essentially just lick the filth yeah. from people's bodies. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Pretty grim, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, You've got the auditor, who's played by Gary Tanikliff. Um And you've got the assessor, you've got the butcher, and you've got the, the surgeon. surgeon. Yeah. And I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah, butcher, surgeon, auditor, three cleaners, three women, and the other one, the guy that eats the stuff. Yeah, the uh, assessor. Assessor. Yeah. So yeah, ten new characters in ten fucking minutes. Yeah. Love it. Pinhead's no longer the focal point. He is not the. He's he's running the show, but he's running it in the background. He's yeah. like in his office, feet up, smoking yeah. a cigar, <laughs> yeah, yeah. while That's the auditor is like running, doing his job. Um, so you find out this man in the chair is a paedophile he's been kidnapping and murdering children and he's been promised this reward for yeah. cooperating some of the dialogue in these scenes as well is fantastic like um, I think he says the guy strapped to the chair says to the auditor where, am, where on earth am I where on earth is this it isn't and um, oh shit I can't remember the other line now he talks about like how his currency is pain and he'd be happy to deal some out yeah yeah that's amazing happy to spend some sorry yeah fantastic a little cutthroat yeah. razor yeah. it's like oh fuck Oof. man yeah yeah the, the whole thing is shot so like it's got such a dark gritty yeah dirty feel. it's got a hellraiser feel to it it is it's got what should be the staple hellraiser feel yeah by now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> ten films, ten in. films in, yeah. there's ten minutes yeah is exactly what a Hellraiser film should feel yeah. like nine fucking movies ago. Yeah. It's gross and it's dark and depressing and horrible and it's fucking awesome. It makes you feel so like just being there makes you feel dirty yeah, watching yeah, yeah. it. Um, again, I didn't write down any of the fucking names. What's the name of the one that eats the confessions? The Assessor. The Assessor. So essentially the auditor types out the confession. Yeah. The Assessor then in another room comes in and He's just a man. He's just a man yeah, just with like a suit coat on, no vest, bit of a chubber. Comes in, puts his briefcase down, opens it up, pulls out a little vial with a, a cork top in it. He's like children's tears. It's like, oh man. Yeah. Mm. Pours it over the confession, and then starts like chopping up this confession and eating it. It's like, ah, oh, fucking gross. Yeah. And like, there's nothing physically. He's not a Cenobite in the conventional sense mm. of like he's got some. Oh, like an S and M pivot. He's yeah, yeah. He's just a fucking chunky dude that's eating stuff. But like, there's something about the fact that the way he's shot, it's the way he's, he's eating it as well, shoveling yeah, it in, yeah. dripping saliva and kids' tears everywhere. Yeah. It's just it just makes you feel gross, dirty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he then goes and throws up the confession yeah. after he's chewed it up into some fucking pipes and you see all this vomit fucking scooting along through the pipes and it goes into the trough next door where the jury are which again are these three somewhat facially disfigured breasts out completely fucking naked I think yeah women that are just pawing at yeah the, the vomit, vomit with their yeah. bare hands yeah to get a feel for the guy oh it's just the whole thing is just yeah. really disgusting and he says the auditor comes to the door and gets their judgment and they're like guilty and then he gets strapped to a stone tablet. Yeah. And the butcher comes in, this big, massive dude. 
It's the cleaners first. The cleaners first. The cleaners come in and they're all, oh, we have to clean you inside and out. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Just start licking him clean. (laughs) Ah, gross. Yeah. And then he gets sent to the butcher. Well, the butcher comes in and he's just a massive dude. Like, he's sort of, he looks almost like a video game character. Yeah, he comes in, he's got some weird fucking mask on. He's fucking huge. He's got a big cleaver with him. And he just, he, all he does though is just walk up to the end of the, the tablet where the guy's strapped to, turns around, and then the surgeon sort of emerges out of his back, this like full on sort of um, PVC suited up, like gas mask on. You reminded me of the uh, Nazi Sandman in Hellboy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole fucking breathing thing. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. He comes out and he gets these two sort of knives from his back and just starts chopping away the guy. Yeah, it's grim. It's pretty grim. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this is this in the this first is, ten minute yeah. window. Like yeah. you see him remove the skin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He completely takes he all just the skin takes off. Takes yeah. the skin off. He's obviously been doing these cuts. They're like precision cuts. He looks like he's just flailing away. Yeah, yeah. But they're obviously precision cuts just to peel the skin off this guy. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to Hellraiser Judgment, and that's it. That's the yeah. start <laughs> of the fucking movie. You got ten minutes of like, <laughs> oh my fucking yeah. word. New characters, gross as fuck, dark as fuck, loving it yeah. straight off the bat. Yeah. I am I, in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. I'm rating this. Yeah, yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah. And from then on, the plot uh, seems to focus on the detectives for a while. You get a couple of bits of um, the assessor throughout the rest of the film. He does sort of pass judgment on Sean. That's the only other person he passed judgment on, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, Sean and his brother David, they are detectives and they're looking for a killer called the Preceptor. And after the opening credits, they're going to a crime scene. No, there's a girl and she gets killed, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they they go to the crime scene where this girl's been killed. On the floor is written, I am a jealous god, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he's clearly sort of a religious-based killer. it's pretty fucking gross when they open up that girl's stomach. There's a clip playing on the laptop, yeah. <clears throat> just on repeat, of who this little, what I would call a rat dog, <laughs> chihuahua type small thing. And um, yeah, she's oh yeah, she's my baby. And it's just on loop. Oh yeah, I love my baby. She's my baby. I love my baby. She's my baby. They go and look at the body, and the body starts moving like in the lower abdomen area and you could probably guess where this is going and you're like oh shit there's something there's something going have on seen, something have there. you seen the dog anywhere? <laughs> so they like pry her open pull out this little fucking dog they're still alive somehow I'm like oh my god what a sick bastard <laughs> it's like yes yeah, it is. this is fucking gross I'm still <laughs> all in yeah, yeah definitely loving this yeah this is one dark <laughs> fucked up film yeah loving it let's keep it going uh, so yeah, we meet um, the uh, fellow detective then. I think she's brought on from another office and she or something like that. Um, I can't remember her name either. Yeah, we'll just call it Lady Cop. Lady Cop, yeah. Lady Cop comes in. <laughs> Two dude um, cops and Lady Cop. Yeah. Yeah, she turns up at the crime scene with them um, when they're sort of looking at the bodies and they think she might be the killer, return to the scene and there's this whole facing off thing and they check her out and she's cool. Um, she's now been assigned to the case so she's supposed to work with the two of them. Yeah to continue to help the investigation um, 
they go back to HQ. They give her the sort of look around the uh, the HQ. Yeah. They go back to headquarters and they give her a look around headquarters where they've set up camp. Right. I really need to try and learn some new words. <laughs> um, they give her the show around various the other crimes, the sort of stuff that they've gathered, photos, evidence the theories map markings you know the kind of thing when you see a crime movie and it's all up on the walls yeah. <clears throat> and then I believe the older brother mm, yeah Sean Sean that's yeah. it I was trying to think of names then but I believe Sean off he goes trots off to go home because it's his wife's birthday his wife's pissed because he's turned up late there's obviously difficulties at home and this whole Without getting too much caught up in it, we'll just sort of speed through. There's this whole cat and mouse thing with it trying to catch the preceptor. So, again, you don't dip in too much to the whole Hellraiser box thing. There's this overlying story of the preceptor killer. Mm. You've been fed this Hellraiser bit at the start. And you're sort of wondering where does this preceptor tie in with... the whole Hellraiser Um, aspect. Some of the critics have said, like, that this film is a lot... Well, it's basically a copy of Inferno. Right. I disagree with that. It's got some of the similar plot points in that, like, there's detectives looking for a killer, but I think that's about it. Yeah, we'll speed through. So, yeah, we've got... Essentially, they're trying to track down the killer. Turns out the killer is actually, spoiler alert, the older brother, Sam. We, Sean. Sean. <laughs> uh, we, f- we find this out quite early on as well, don't we? Yeah, it's not... Um, it's not sort of kept till the end. It's like... It's hinted at a lot all the way through, yeah. um, and the way he's like looking at people and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So going back to that inferno sort of comparison, there are similar underlying elements there. Mm. So, for example, police. But for inferno, he's trapped in his own hell. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this is, he's actively a serial killer exactly. yeah, because yeah, exactly. he's he's a religious fanatic and he's yeah. he's doing these killings in the name of the Lord. Mm. Um, an interesting bit for judgment though is we actually get to see obviously the whole Hellraiser premise is all to do with hell Yeah. Um, whereas with judgment we get to see the other side a little bit Yeah. we get to see this intervening angel that steps in yeah. to help Sean off the hook because at one point Sean goes to see the assessor Yeah. and the assessor is met by the angel who tells him you need to let him go there's actually a really cool sort of scene where um, he's strapped into the chair and he gives his confession willingly and he asks about the boxes and stuff like that because he goes to the house at some point yeah. I can't remember why he does get invited um, there he goes, he goes back to the paedophile's house and the right. woman's turned the power yeah. on the laptop turns up and yeah. he's looking through the laptop and he's the address the address is like yeah. a mad thing how to find the house so he goes to investigate what the so house is so he wasn't called there by the assess the assess the auditor he just turned up. He just turned up. But he gets audited anyway. Um, gives his confession willingly. And then when the assessor tries to eat the pages, he chokes. And I think that's when sort of yeah, the inter- heaven intervenes. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really cool scene because again you get him he's confessing to these things, mm. but you don't get you don't get to see the full confession that he's actually yeah, yeah, the perceptor yeah. killer. Yeah. So he's got a stack of pages for the confession is yeah. quite a considerable like stack which again is like a sort of hint yeah, yeah. that obviously he's done stuff wrong <clears throat> but again yeah guy throws up 
intervening angel comes along mm. let him go Pinhead's not happy no yeah but he gets let off the hook yeah because Pinhead's like well we, he'll come back yeah he'll, he'll, he'll be, be back. back yeah yeah and um yeah so the brother the younger brother has gone to Sean's house has found the Charles Dickens book which has got highlighted passages yes. which the killer has used yeah, makes yeah. the connection mm. the female detective has been asked to go with Sean yeah. to an abandoned it's not abandoned it's like a garage yeah, that yeah. Sean's been using yeah. but they he makes out that there's somebody in there they go in um, to be completely honest the the police part of the story the first time I watched it yeah. I really lost interest and in yeah. I started switching off the mm. second time knowing the twist I paid, did pay a bit more attention yeah, yeah. to it and appreciate it a bit more but um, yeah female cop knows Sean's a bad guy Sean beats the shit out of her well he, they go into that warehouse and they see like loads of pictures on the wall like, obviously the standard stuff where the, the eyes have been cut out and shit like that and then they open like a curtain and it's a photo of his brother with his wife yeah and that's when he sort of knocks on the head with a gun and beats the fuck out of her yeah and then um it cuts back to David who was putting the putting the whole thing together and he goes to the warehouse Penny drops he's like oh shit yeah that's right yeah yeah Penny drops he goes to the warehouse and he's got Sean's also called his wife there and then he makes them up in the box, I believe. Yeah. 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 He wants to offer them up in exchange for right. yeah, himself. Yeah. Similar premise. Yeah. Um, he's aware that he's on Damned. the target. Yeah. On, on the target. He's on the radar. Yeah, yeah. So he's trying to make this exchange, and you know, these two people are sinners. They're adulterers. Yeah. Take them away yeah. in exchange for me. Look, I bring you these gifts. Yeah. Um, it's like I was. I care not for your petty adultery and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Some, there's some good again I think the writing for this is much better because oh, Pinhead yeah. he has some really good lines yeah, again it's yeah. not just like these ham fucking fisted yeah exactly uh, Chubby Pinhead yeah struggle James yeah. <laughs> so yeah there's the we get some good lines live from Pinhead Pinhead is like um, I refuse to accept your gifts yeah um, it's the interaction with the angel I think yeah. is great in that scene on that section the angel drops back in because they're about to take to take Sean. Sean away yeah angel drops back in she's like I told you you can't take him away yeah <laughs> and Pinhead's like fuck you man we got a strict like policy down here of if they're on the radar they're on the fucking radar yeah. this guy's a bad egg he's coming with us oh they'll be hell to pay hell do you know where the fuck I'm from yeah. <laughs> uh, I think like some of the best lines are in this interaction as well yeah it's like um She'll inf- the, like the heaven will inflict suffering on him if he like takes Sean, like suffering. I live. Yeah, no, in like suffering. What, how dare you speak to me of suffering? It's just I don't know. It's just I can't remember him exactly, but the some back of the lines and forth are fantastic. is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's one of those like I wasn't really sure about it the first time, mm. but the second time I was definitely a bit more invested. In yeah, it. yeah. Um, yeah, obviously Pinhead's all like, do you know what, fuck this stupid bitch, I've had enough. Um, what are they going to do to me? Do you know what, I live in hell, my life every day is pain and agony and suffering. Yeah. So what can they possibly do? 
So uh, Pinhead does his thing and well, like bef- before he does that, they agree to send Sean back to Earth. Yes, sorry, that's so right. They okay, we send Sean back. So they send him back by twisting the box. As soon as he wakes up in the real world, then the cop three, the female cop, she gets up and shoots him in the face. <laughs> so <laughs> the sends him back to hell. Pissed. Yeah, yeah. Like you knew that would happen. Yeah. Me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What can you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well done, Pinhead. Well played. Yeah. And yeah, Angel's giving him shit. Pinhead's having done a bit. Does the whole chains thing. Yeah, finally. Yeah, looks great. Yeah. And um, he takes some pins out of his head as well and sticks them in her forehead. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Like I said, the, again, the goriness is like, it's pretty much. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah, he rips her apart and the auditor, auditor? Is yeah. the auditor? Yeah. I get all these fucking names mixed yeah. up. The auditor is all, oh, well, oh, what are we going to do now? Yeah. Oh, we're going to be in trouble now. Mm. Oh. He's all, Pinhead doesn't give a shit. Yeah. But <gasps> God does step in and yeah. intervene. We don't actually see God, just to clarify. It's just some sort of, he bathes the room in light. And then we see some clouds for some reason. Yeah. And then Pinhead is a human guy. just Like a homeless man homeless on the street. No. Like he's been exiled. Yeah. And so, like, I think my notes say, where have we got? Um, oh, that's it. The angel delivers the Jesus web line, and it's awful. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's nowhere near as good as it was the first time around. And, uh, yeah, I've got my, my last note. Mortal world worse than hell. Fuck off. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, we'll banish him to the mortal world. Well, how can that be, like, worse than hell? Like, hell is supposed to be... Well, because he doesn't have the, so he's used to all this pain and suffering, and that's his life. And now he's just some human. Back dude. to living a pay a life without pain and suffering. Yeah. So, but he likes the pain and suffering. He lives for that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think you'd get quite used to not living in pain and suffering after well, a while. Initially, there's going to be some sort of jump. And if he liked it, he can always just go out and do some more pain and suffering on himself. True. And it's like, oh no, I'm not allowed in hell. I've surely if he goes on and kills people for a while yeah. and then I've been goes, sent back to earth I just chuck myself in front of a bus doesn't seize the auditor yeah. what's, what's going to happen yeah. if he chucks himself is he immortal it's not clear yeah? yeah. we should never question the science yeah. he wants to jump back into the box yeah <laughs> but one of the points I did raise when we talked about it earlier which I thought about yeah. was is this their way of trying to step away from Pinhead being the face of Hellraiser movies mm. so as, although Pinhead has essentially been like this linchpin for the Hellraiser franchise, yeah. I also feel he's kind of been a thorn in the side as well because they've had to, they've they've unnecessarily included him for so much stuff when they could have easily left yeah. Pinhead yeah. behind and yeah, moved definitely. on with other characters. They could have made. We could have had so many better films if they just ditched the idea of Pinhead yeah. and tried to come up with a new. Hellraiser concept mm. so I'm wondering if this was a, a sort of step in that direction that like Pinhead's gone now yeah we're now open to do whatever, whatever we want yeah yeah um, but I have to admit I'm really surprised they got panned to fuck yeah I I really enjoyed this one to be honest I think it's after like a low point in the series with Dead and then Revelations I think this has gone back on track you know yeah definitely um, I think the Pinhead in this one is a lot better than the last Pinhead, obviously. Yeah. 
He still had a presence, not the same presence, not anywhere near as sort of commanding as Doug Bradley's character, but he's still a presence nonetheless, and I think he did a, a good job of what he had available to him. On my notes, I've got uh, old Pinhead at a cross. He looks old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was a conscious effort to try and make him look. I mean, I again, I don't know the Cenobite fucking rule book. Yeah. I don't know whether they age or not. I wouldn't have thought so. No, I don't think so, no. Um, whether it was a conscious effort or whether the guy's just old so he just looks old maybe I'm overthinking it but yeah. I remember seeing him thinking oh wow Pinhead looks old yeah. I mean Doug Bradley is fucking old he is old yeah let's not beat around the bush yeah but I don't know there, there was just something about like you said the fat Pinhead didn't look right yeah. old Pinhead didn't look right either yeah for me I enjoyed him I thought he was good I didn't think he was a bad Pinhead yeah, it was just one of those things right. when yeah. I saw him I was like oh he looks noticed. old yeah, yeah yeah I don't think I noticed that much to be honest but yeah, I, I enjoyed him. I thought he did a good job. Um, and I thought he's a lot better written yeah. in this film than he was in the previous. And the guy who played him was initially brought in to screen test for the auditor. All right. But after he did the screen test, they asked him to audition for the for Pinhead instead. And I'm glad they did that because, like I said, he, he played a good Pinhead, plus the auditor, as Gary Tom yeah. Cliff has the auditor, was, was fucking great. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, was Doug Bradley not contacted or not interested? He was contacted, I think, and again he refused. Uh, yeah, he was contacted. He refused because he had to sign an NDA, right? Like a non-disclosure agreement, um, and he just wasn't keen on that. So, but he, I think he's, he has said since then, if the right script came along with the right people and the right sort of budget yeah, and stuff, like that, then he'd be interested. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But I'd be happy for Paul Taylor to play him again. To be honest, I, th- yeah. I thought he did a good job. Yeah. Um, Obviously, with his reboot on the horizon, then we're not looking at Doug Bradley coming back. Probably not. We're going to be looking at possibly a new Pinhead, or maybe they're just going to completely bypass Pinhead and just have a whole new slew of Cenobites. Yeah, possibly, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's basically Judgment. Yeah. Um, and there we have it. We're, we're done. We've watched all 10 Hellraiser movies. Finally. Finally. After, after a year <laughs> of slogging through. It's only 10 films as well. Yeah, and several occasions we've watched several in a day to yeah. then record an episode we've done an episode with three Hellraiser films <laughs> and it's still taking us a year to get through all time over <clears throat> there we did it we, we said it. we'd do it and we fucking did yeah, it we slogged through them all for your listening pleasure so after having refreshed your memory on the Hellraiser movies yeah. and now seen them all for any mm-hmm. of the ones that you had missed yeah how do you feel about the Hellraiser franchise as a whole? I'm kind of glad I missed Dead the first time around. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> that's just abysmal. Yeah, Dead is definitely, I think, bottom of my list. Yeah, no, I'm not definitely. Um, no, I'm glad I've watched them all now. I mean, I've, I've sort of been a self-proclaimed Hellraiser fan since I was a teenager, you know, since watching the first couple of films. And um, I didn't dip into the sort of the Deader and Hellworld and stuff like that because I knew they were shit. Like I'd yeah. see it from everywhere they were crap, and I knew that I th- I think I knew back then even like that they weren't Hellraiser films. They were just sort of scripts that were adapted to be Hellraiser films, and so they weren't going to be sort of anyway near as good as Hellraiser one, two, three, and even four, I'd say. So, but no, I'm glad I've watched them all now, and so I can give a sort of definitive opinion about my feelings on the franchise as a whole. What about yourself? Um, I definitely got a lot more. Sympathy. <laughs> Don't know, sympathy. I thought that was right going to end. Other th- I've got a lot more love for the Hellraiser franchise, not sympathy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think 
I was trying to think of like the big, the heavy hitters, if you will, yeah. of the horror movie franchises. So you've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. I think I still have this couple of those I still haven't seen, yeah, which I've heard of shit, but yeah. I haven't watched. Um, Friday 13th, seen all of those. Yeah. Halloween, I've seen all of those now. I've yeah. recently watched Halloween 3. I haven't um, seen those for years. I've seen like I've seen them, but I haven't seen them. Yeah. Donkeys of... Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get into the you know nitty gritty, you got fucking critters and all the rest of it. But yeah. let's, let's say the big big hitters being yeah. Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. Friday Thirteenth, yeah. and Hellraiser. Yeah, I think those are like a rush more. Yeah, well, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, we get fucking too bogged down <laughs> the details here. Yeah. But as a whole, a franchise. So far, I think Hellraiser is the franchise that has been like abused yeah. the most yeah by a studio yeah you know um, which is quite like I said I'm feeling sympathetic towards it um, yeah the Could have been a lot more the whole premise is there the the realm of possibilities is only limited by somebody's imagination when it comes to Hellraiser yeah you look at Friday the 13th you are locked in with Jason yeah, yeah. You you can't go back to Mother Dearest. Yeah. You're locked in with Jason. You yeah. can't go anywhere outside of Jason. Yeah, yeah. And they've tried to take the franchise away from Crystal Lake. Mm. Doesn't really work. Yeah. You, no. you, they're fine. They're, they're, they're Jason X and fucking Jason Takes Manhattan yeah. are fine. Yeah. But the basics, you're locked in with those things. And same with Michael Myers and mm. Haddonfield. Yeah. And Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, how many kids are possibly left mm. with. The, the families of yeah, these yeah. people that burned him yeah, exactly, <laughs> like yeah. when does this spirit of Freddy Krueger rest <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, yeah. um, Hellraiser is one of those franchises that has got so much potential because it was never about Pinhead it was always sort of a human drama and yeah. I think by making Pinhead that focus point they inadvertently shot themselves in the foot yeah, yeah. like they really limited themselves to what they could do yeah, everything yeah. they've done since They've ham-fisted Pinhead into it yeah. to try and sell tickets. I mean, it was also limited by the fact that Dimension doesn't want to let go of the, of the rights. Yeah. And they're not going to sort of put the money or the time into it to get a decent film out. They just want to keep all of those rights. Every time like the, a deadline's coming up for the rights to be let go, they're like, oh, we've got to rush out a film now. And it's always crap. So like, if they let, the right, let, let them go to somebody else and maybe give them enough... And if they had the time, had the budget, had the sort of the time to write the story and stuff like that, it could be a great Halloween film. I mean, Judgment was a great Halloween film, and that's clearly one of the reasons. Is because I guess he had more production time on it, maybe a slightly bigger budget. Though I'm pretty sure the budget still wasn't huge on that. I mean, do you think at the moment we're clearly seeing a sort of resurgence in horror? Yeah. Horror is big yeah, yeah. thing again in the cinema. We're seeing big budget movies making big bank for yeah, studios. Yeah. Do you think now, if they really thought about it or even remotely cared, mm. that maybe now is the time to inject some cash and some flexible creativity with the franchise to breathe new life into it? Yeah. Or do you think they're just going to completely fucking milk it still? Uh, I don't know. I, now would be the best time to do it, I guess. But we've got this remake on the horizon, haven't we? Yeah. And has it been confirmed? I'm not entirely I sure. I haven't done any looking into it whatsoever. Is there a direct sort of remake of one, or are we talking it's just an, a full franchise I reboot? Think, yeah, I think it's a reimagining of one. One. Yeah, yeah. 
as far as I can tell, I've not really sort of done that much research, research yeah, into it myself. But um, I mean, don't make it a carbon copy because the first one's great. As we don't need to see another carbon copy of the first one. They have to play it a bit different because again, you look at the Nightmare on Elm Street. Again, I've only seen it once. The remake, the reboot, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I didn't hate it, but no. it was very similar to the original. Yeah. Which, when you're doing something like this, I do feel you have to sort of you have to try and make it a bit different. You yeah, have to branch yeah. out a bit and try new things. Yeah, you can't just make the same film but yeah. shoot it differently. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's constantly going to be compared to the the original. The yeah. original, yeah, exactly, and it, yeah. that does nothing for. And especially if you've got sort of the creative license to go out there and say, okay, I'm complete. I've got these characters, but I'm doing something completely different with them, because you're not constrained by the sequels. So you're not sort of following on from anything else. You're literally, you've got these characters, and you can write whatever you want with them. Go nuts, and then just saying, okay, I'm just going to do the first one again. It's just a bit lazy. Yeah, like I said, it's when you've got things again. Going back to why I think Hellraiser sort of suffered a bit. Mm. Going back to the other heavy hitters stuff like Halloween Friday 13th yeah outside of rebooting and starting again yeah there's not a lot more you can do I think that's why they resort to rebooting stuff yeah. is because it gets to a point where they they really genuinely struggle for half decent yeah, ideas yeah. I think the reason Hellraiser hasn't been rebooted for so long is because like you said the studio does not want to let go of the rights mm. They've got several scripts lying around for yeah. various bits and pieces that probably cost peanuts to just uh, do a rewrite, throw Hellraiser yeah, into the mix. Into that and then, yeah, good, and to go. good to go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's one of those franchises that has unfortunately not not been treated with the love and care it deserves. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's a shame because as a story, I mean, as a, like a mythos, it's, it's fantastic, you know? I love that element of it. I love that sort of heaven versus hell thing. I love the whole sort of the Cenobites coming from hell and Leviathan and the, the labyrinth. I love all that stuff. But when you take away all that and you make it about sort of, well, no, when, when you're not delving into that stuff, like Dada, you know, that had an interesting concept. It was just a shit film. Yeah, it's a... Uh it's a tricky one is yeah. studio to blame yeah I, 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 don't I, I think there's several like several people you could blame for the Hellraiser going downhill the studio for one definitely yeah and just nobody really giving a shit about what they put out yeah I mean if people decided to I'd be interested to see figures for like sales and stuff I mean, most yeah. Hellraiser films must still be pulling some bank because if it was a massive fucking no, if it was like a nobody cared about it that much to watch yeah. them, then hemorrhaging money on every yeah, film, it would have stopped a long yeah, time ago. So yeah. maybe we're right to blame by watching them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Fucking idiots. Uh. <laughs> so in, in, let's 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 round it off with ratings. As in our rankings. For As in our rankings. Yeah. We want to start from the bottom and work up. Leave people in suspense. <laughs> yeah, go on. Then. Okay, I think it's a pretty well, clear cut. Yeah, clear cut. The bottom one is definitely going to be deader. Yeah, deader for me too. Yeah. Just despite the fact that we see Kirsty back. Yeah. It was not a Hellraiser movie. It was never intended to be a Hellraiser movie. No. 
No, just... definitely not. It's... No, Kirsty's not back in Dead, is she? She's back in um, Hellseeker. Dead is the... Dead is the one with the... Car crash. No, that's Hellseeker. Whoops. <laughs> definitely keeping this in. <laughs> um, yeah, Dead is the one with the um, the cult and the um, the journalist. Oh yeah, the underground bollocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. You're the really fucking bad one. Yeah, <laughs> stand corrected. I know which one now. Yeah. Again, I'm definitely keeping it. In. <laughs> See, just yeah. Uh, right, that one is not very good either. <laughs> uh, um, right, let me just bring up a list. So I've got, I'm not making the same mistake you did. Right, so yeah, Dada is our absolute last. What's your number nine? Um, I'm going to go with Revelations. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's an overly bad film, but it's just poorly executed. I think rehashing themes already been done. Unlikable characters, bad pinhead, bad writing. Well, bad writing. The dialogue wasn't very well written yeah. at all. I think that definitely Gary Tanacliffe um, suffered from that sort of lack of production time. I think that he obviously he has a decent Hellraiser story in him because he made judgment, yep. but then I think he just sort of dropped the ball with Revelations. You agree completely. Cool. What's your number eight? Hellseeker. Hellseeker. Which is not to be confused with Dedder. I yeah I don't, yeah yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Hell World. I think. I think Hell World. I liked Hell World a lot more because it had that whole. It was trying to do something different. Yeah. Entering the digital age. Yeah, yeah. Trying to include the box. Yeah. Get get souls another way. Mm. Lance Henriksen. Yeah, I guess Lance Henriksen was the selling point. I just didn't enjoy it that much to be honest. Yeah. I, I think I definitely prefer it over Hellseeker. Yeah. I recall Hellseeker being a bit of a just not interested. Yeah. I don't know, I quite enjoyed it. Well, I say quite enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I did Hell World. Hell World. So I guess it's flipping reverse for the next one. <laughs> Number yeah, seven. Hell World for seven. Yours yeah, is Hell Seeker. Hellseeker, yeah. Um, next. Number ten, nine, eight, seven, six. I'm going to go with Bloodline. Oh, bloodline. I'm going to go with Hell on Earth. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I, three for me just screams trashy 90s. Yeah, it suffers from being a film of its time. It's got some great kills. Yeah. Storylines are right. The new introduced Cenobites are pretty gash. Um, and I, I think it's the start of the downfall of Hellraiser. I've well, to be honest, Hell on Earth high on my list because of nostalgia reasons. To be honest, one of the first ones I watched, and I, I think I'll always love it for that. But Bloodlines, number six for me because um, it's I do enjoy it, but I do think it suffers from slightly being a film this time, and it's going to space. I mean, that's where all franchises go to die. Didn't really enjoy the space section. I don't think there's any need for them really. And it's clearly sort of killing off Pinhead in the future. So then there's some sort of, you know, we can just keep on making films until we reach that point, and then he's dead. I decided, yeah, I just didn't enjoy that. Uh, what's your number five? My number five is Bloodline. Ah, mine's gonna be Hell on Earth. Then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Flip reverse again. Um, Bloodline. I think I preferred Bloodline 
purely on the basis we get there's a lot more origin story there yeah, yeah, yeah. it fills in a lot of the blanks yeah um, admittedly it does go off the rails a bit with being in space and yeah. oh we finally caught Pinhead and all the rest of it but I think it I just think it was a slightly better constructed film than 3 fair enough um, again I said, like I said just said 3 is up there for me because nostalgia I, I love that film for I just I just never forget sort of being in my grandparents' house after we rented it from Blockbuster and just watching my grandfather and how fucking awkward that was. <laughs> but it's still a, quite a good memory for me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna keep it up there. Um, right, what are we on number four? Four. For me, is Inferno. Yeah, I'll go with Inferno. Yeah. Um, they tried to do something different. Yeah. Uh, not too much pinhead. Fucking great thriller vibe. Gory, um, decent twist at the end. Decent twist. Yeah. Good story. Yeah. What could have been and should have been the start of the Hellraiser franchise, distancing itself from Pinhead. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed Inferno a lot. Um, number three, Hellbound. Ooh. I'm gonna put Judgment as my number three. Uh, see, I was oohing and ahhing about this. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think the opening ten minutes. And the closing ten yeah. minutes of judgment, yeah, yeah, are great. Yeah, the bit in between is a bit. Yeah, I knew. I'm gonna be completely honest. It's mostly that opening ten minutes. It got me so <laughs> excited yeah, yeah. to be watching a Hellraiser movie. Yeah, that it was just like, yeah, man, it's up there. It's fair enough. I, I think that judgment is only number three for me, because, um, again, for nostalgia nostalgia's sake for Hellbound I fucking love Hellbound I think Hellbound is a probably a better film yeah I say probably well, it, it is yeah. a better film I just there are certain elements in Judgment I like a hell of a lot more that make it a better Hellraiser film for you yeah 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 that makes sense so number two then <laughs> no, Again, flip and reverse yeah flip and reverse there's <laughs> <laughs> Hellbound obviously yeah. mine's Judgment obviously yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like I said what more can you say it, for me it again we've got this they're starting to step away from Pinhead he's not heavily featured but we've still got that Cenobite element that hell element yeah but with new people so it breathes that new life yeah it's got that dirty feeling it's fucking horrible yeah it, that I think is very it's only ever been captured in the first film yeah like they yeah, don't yeah. Hellbound comes close but nowhere near as like like I felt dirty watching yeah, Judgment sure. And same with um, Hellraiser. I yeah. felt dirty watching yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that for me, like obviously it goes without saying, the uh, top film of the franchise for both of us is the first one. Yeah. I feel like the first two films back to back, like Pinhead has this fucking presence and admittedly he shouldn't be the main character, but I think it works in those films. Yeah. I don't really enjoy the fact that he gets taken back to a human and then sort of goes back into the human form in number three as a dream and stuff yeah. like that but um, I just really enjoy Bradley's presence in those films I think he's fantastic and um, I think that's why they're in my sort of one and two but I think you touched on a really interesting point there because one and two are uh, like direct sequels they take yeah, yeah. place straight after yeah. the other yeah, yeah. so it's it's almost a continuation of the story rather than a new a new telling of the, telling yeah, of yeah. a story yeah um, so the two I definitely think that's the best way to watch them is back to back Hellraiser then Hellbound because 
they fit so well they, they work together they yeah. complement each other almost yeah um, but yeah for me it was just there were certain elements of judgment that just hit the right nail oh, right spot yeah. yeah no I agree with you there but I, again like the first two for me are just sort of unparalleled and then, yeah as if there was any question as to what number one was going to be yeah it's got to be Hellraiser yeah it's got to be I don't think there are I can't think of one to be exact I mean maybe Friday the 13th part 2 and Friday the 13th part 1 but where any film sequel horror film sequel for definite surpasses the original yeah like it's tricky because obviously the original sets the groundwork the original introduces you to characters introduces you to the general tone so that when you jump into a sequel you already have a certain expectation of what the film's going to be which could work to the benefit of the film or to the detriment of the film yeah it depends on how the film's made yeah definitely um, but I think it goes without saying that Hellraiser is it's a far superior film to any of the others yeah I'd agree with you there definitely and, it's be- and one of the reasons is because it's not sort of a a typical slasher it's a love story about this depraved fuckhead like yeah. it's just so good um, have you read have you read any of the comics? No, no I never. Um, it's one of the things I was going to look into sorting was the comics, mm. some of the Hellraiser comics and also the Puppet Master comics. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I read one recently. Um, Amy managed to find one in the library closest to us. Nice. I took it off me. It's called Hellraiser The Dark Watch. And it's a really interesting sort of take on the story in that it's obviously set after all the shit's gone down and Frank Spencer and Kirsty are locked up in like this bubble together and like this memory bubble I think they call it right and Pinhead is now Harry Damore he's the protagonist in Scarlet Gospels and in Illusion Lord of Illusions he's like this detective but he's now running hell it's a really sort cool. of interesting sort of way to bring in new it's characters to the yeah yeah to the franchise yeah I'll have to check it out yeah, it's really good in all fairness. It's one of those, again, um, library, they add Hellraiser stuff, but I was more of the Aliens Predator kind of guy. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we have it. There's our Hellraiser wrap-up. Yeah, got um, through them all, finally. <laughs> do, how do you feel about our picks? Do you agree, disagree? I imagine a lot of people are going to be a bit on the fence with our positioning of judgment. Yes, yeah. I, mean, I, I have no idea why people hate it so much. No. I mean, if you're one of these people that hate judgment, please let us know why you hate it. Argue with us about why you hate yeah. it. Well, don't argue. I'm not trying to cause yeah, drama. Yeah. I don't fight. Yeah. I mean, you know, through the internet, you fucking keyboard warrior. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. By all means, please let us know what it is about it you don't like. Yeah. Is it that middle... I say middle. Is it the vast majority of the film between the epic 10-minute start yeah. and the wrapping up of... Yeah. Is it because they've removed Pinhead? Are you a purist and think Hellraiser can only survive with Pinhead? Yeah, maybe. I mean, a lot of people complained about the police procedure, police procedural stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Um, one thing I was going to bring up, I've mean to bring up through this entire sort of series. When I was researching for the first couple of films, a lot of people, or well, I saw a few comparisons on the internet between Event Horizon and the first Hellraiser film. I've not seen Event Horizon in years and I can't remember anything about it. So you hadn't seen it at all then? <gasps> <gasps> yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've definitely watched it, but again, like, not for years and I can't really remember anything about it. But, um, like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think they can draw a comparison to each other? Uh, between the first 
between the first one, I don't know. Because, again, I haven't seen Event Horizon for a long time. Yeah. Um, but my understanding is Event Horizon, they're on deep space exploration through black holes and they unwittingly come through some portal. They open some portal. Yeah. Um, I'll have to double check it and watch it. I think in Nightmares and Demons and all the rest. Yeah. Which isn't the same as a love story opening a box. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> but they, they're definitely similar in tone. Yeah. Maybe that's something we could sort of yeah. Look into in a future. Maybe we should definitely cover Event Horizon. Doing our space series. I'll <laughs> <laughs> take us another ten year. years to get through. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting one. What would we cover in a space series? Oh, aliens. Aliens. Uh, Event Horizon. Event Horizon. The thing. The thing. Yeah. Predator. Yeah. <laughs> There's loads, man. Oh, all these good fucking you movies. Know, Killer clowns from outer space. Fuck it <laughs> that should be the first on our list. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Excellent. Well, here we have it. There's Hellraiser wrapped up. Thank you for joining us on this journey. And uh, I hope it wasn't too painful for you. We're going to carry on with Clive Barker season. Um, in the next episode, we'll be covering Candyman 1 and 2. And going on from that, we'll be wrapping up Clive Barker season with just one roundup episode of a lot more of his films. I think we're going to cover Nightbreed, um, Dread, Books of Blood, uh, Midnight Meat Train. Yeah. And... Was there another? Um, I think we're just going to see what, what we can get yeah, our hands just, on. Lords yeah. of Illusion, I think. Lords of Illusion, yeah. I've got yeah. in a pile of stuff to watch. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to include that one, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think quite enjoy that. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think maybe if we just... Well... Yeah, one more roundup episode and then we'll move on to something new and exciting. Yes, open to suggestions. If there's a film in particular that you want us to try and give our expert analysis <laughs> on, please feel free to let us know <laughs> yeah. on any of the current formats that you will now hear about in our bumper bit. Social media, we do use some of it and you can find us on some of it. For example, we use Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to follow us at Groovy Ghoulies Podcast on Instagram or alternatively find us at Ghoulies Podcast on Twitter. Or if you use Facebook, just search for Groovy Ghoulies Podcast, I guess. And there's a page there with not much information on it, but we're working on that. We are working on that. I think we need to maybe like look at re-recording the bumper because the sound quality is noticeably different. <laughs> In that case, I better double check what it all is, <laughs> and then we'll record another one. Yeah, yeah. So, this is the old bumper for the last time. Wow, a whole new bumper! Can you imagine <laughs> the things we could do? I know, yeah, modern technology. Anyway, thanks very much for listening, and see you next time. Bye bye.